The LA Clippers had their best performance since James Harden's been a member of the team, but still couldn't come up with the win against a Jamal Murray-less Denver Nuggets team. It was a nationally televised game. It was a tight one. Where did it go wrong for the Clippers? What were the positives that we saw? And what do we have to be concerned about going forward with five straight losses with James Harden? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vizieri, born and raised in L.A. And in my 19th season as a Clipper fan, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I went live directly after the game to give my thoughts. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what was one positive that you took from the game and one negative. And there are definitely some positives. I understand that people are going to start panicking. People are going to start going crazy because the Clippers are 0-5 in the games that James Harden has played. Now six straight losses for the Clips. They are now 3-7 and on the year after this 108-111 loss to the defending champion Nuggets without Jamal Murray. And there were a lot of reasons why the Clippers lost, one of them being the way they ended the game, the second one being Kawhi Leonard and Russell Westbrook, particularly Kawhi Leonard, not playing as well as we're used to seeing them play, and honestly, just not good enough. And then the problem with not having a backup big and the conversation that is just starting to heat up and will continue to get hotter about Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Let's talk about this one, so... The Clippers, I thought, played their best basketball in this game. We saw the staggering work out pretty well in terms of the offense. It was one of the better, if not the best, I would say the best offensive game of the five with James Harden. And I also thought you could see early on with the ball pressure of the Clips that they were more serious about winning this game defensively. You could see that there was a level of desperation. So I liked seeing that effort, and I think that was... A thing for all eight players that played. And mind you, I said eight. So the Clippers really only went eight deep. Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, and P.J. Tucker off the bench. No Musa, no Bones Highland, no Amir Coffey. Obviously, Mason Plumlee still out for the foreseeable future. The Clippers got off to a good start, but they've gotten off to good starts. In these some of these games with Harden, you look at the Dallas game, you look at the Brooklyn game, and it was Paul George who didn't sacrifice at all in this game, but in a good way. He was aggressive like he would be before the trade, as if there were no other stars on the team. He was attacking. He scored our first seven points. He had 12 points out of our first 21 when he came out of the game at the four-minute and four-second mark alongside of Itza Zubat. So both of them went to the bench at the same time. And Russell Westbrook came out at the first quarter at the 725 mark. And in the third quarter, 
at the 514 mark. So what's consistent now you expect to see going forward if this starting lineup continues is Russell Westbrook is going to go to the bench first around the six-minute mark, give or take, of the first and third quarter for Norman Powell. It should be Terrence Mann, but you know that Ty Lue is more of an offense-first mind, and you saw some of that in this game. And the big thing was, right, this one was James Harden and Paul George. Last game it was Russell Westbrook and Paul George that were the spark plugs, and Kawhi Leonard and Harden didn't play very well. Well, in this game, I thought Harden had his best game as a Clipper, 21 points, had a really solid first quarter, had a really solid third quarter, didn't do anything in the fourth, didn't score in the fourth, which was unfortunate. And defensively, the thing I've noticed about Harden, he'll give you one good quarter. In all the games, he's given one decent quarter defensively. I'd say in this one was the first quarter. Then after that, falls off a cliff, gets lost off the ball, slow getting back in transition, doesn't get over screens very well, and not the best one-on-one. So, and he just doesn't, you know, you can tell there's certain guys that just don't, and Norman Powell is also one of them, that just don't have the appetite for defense. They don't seem to enjoy doing it. They do it because they have to do it. And even then, you know, their focus is not on a trillion. You see Terrence Mann, you see when a basket is made for the Clippers, he comes back, he immediately points and talks who's guarding who, who's picking up who. That's a defensive instinct. James Harden, I don't think he helps in that regard. But I have to say, in this game, he was better than Russell Westbrook. He was better with the ball in his hands, which you can argue he he is in the half court, no doubt about it. Whether he's whether that style is better for the Clippers is a different conversation that we're going to get into more on Thursday. But he was playing well. That step back three at the end of the third quarter to put the Clippers up three right before Aaron Gordon had that heave to tie the game made it a tie game going into the fourth. And I have to say, Ivica Zubats had a really tough first half shooting the ball, was missing chippies. Russ put him on a platter a couple of times. James put him on a platter a couple of times. He just missed those little one-handed push shots and jump hooks. And, of course, taking a little while to go up, which you've seen from him this season. But defensively, he was very solid. There was one moment in the first half where he blocked Jokic when Jokic, you know he's not the best with his left hand around the basket. He went up with his right-hand scoop layup on the left side and Zoo pinned it. And he held him. I don't know how many of them were Zoo guarding him. But at one point in the second half, Jokic was one for seven in the second half. And I thought the third quarter was easily the best Zubats quarter in the Harden era. Meaning since James Harden has taken the court at Madison Square Garden. And it was one of his best quarters of the season. And he was got he got a couple of offensive rebounds. He was doing a decent job on Jokic. He was making better reads in four-on-three situations in this game. And the thing about the Nuggets is they don't play as much drop coverage, especially against the Clippers. They usually send Jokic out to the perimeter to hedge the screen, and then they let their big forwards like Aaron Gordon and MPJ rotate and take away that first pass. And when you're able to get that first pass in the in that kind of situation in today's game with the spacing, you have a four-on-three downhill situation. And what I've noticed about Zoo is when teams play drop coverage and he catches the ball around the basket meeting a big right away, right when he catches the ball, and maybe even a help defender as well, he's not really quick enough mentally and physically, to be honest, to consistently make good reads and take care of the ball 
when he's getting the ball dropped off on the roll and drop coverage. But when it's a four-on-three situation in terms of like a blitz or a hedge when the center really comes out and you get that first pass over the top to him and he's got a little bit more time and space, he can make a decent read. And he did that a couple of times in this game to Terrence and to Russ. And the the reason I think the main reason the Clippers lost this game, definitely more reasons than one, and we're going to get into that as the episode continues. But the main reason for me the Clippers lost was they had the audacity to try to pull off a full-on small ball lineup for the entire fourth quarter against the best center since Shaquille O'Neal and the best player in the NBA right now. I mean, P.J. Tucker had his best game as a Clipper so far. He was two for three from deep, and those were all his shots. If he's knocking down the corner three, and he's obviously going to play decent defense while he's not the defender he used to be, then he's a positive. But I like P.J. Tucker at the four spot if he's making threes, not at the five. Obviously, right now, the Clippers don't have many better options because Mason's out. Should Musa have played? Let me know in the comments. But not having Zoo at all in the fourth when he just had his best quarter in the last five games. I understand what Ty's thinking. He wants the spacing. He didn't even end with Russ. So he went with five guys that could space the floor and be a threat from deep with Kawhi, Harden, Paul George, Terrence Mann, and Norman Powell. You saw him end the first half with that. You saw him end the second half with that. And that was a slightly controversial decision yet again because even though Russ didn't have a good first half, I actually thought he had a better second half. Cutting to the basket baseline, his defense stepped up. I thought he was at fault for about six points against Reggie Jackson in the first half, whether it be not doing a good enough job getting over the screen. Remember, I saw a lot of people blaming Zubats today in the first half, saying he was getting attacked in pick and roll. Guys, newsflash, but as in every single team in the NBA puts the opposing teams big in the pick and roll because their big is setting the screen. And in Denver's, in Denver's case, the best player in the world is setting the screen. So we've talked about this before. Zubats is a decent, good drop defender, but you cannot have him guard two guys at once. He's not Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? He's not Bam Adebayo. That's not, he's not athletic enough for that. So you got to, as the point of attack defender, do a good job getting over the screen. When you saw the Clippers switch, I think it was in the second quarter, Terrence Mann onto Reggie Jackson, that's because Russ wasn't doing a good enough job on him. And I'm saying that as a guy that's pro-Russ. I said, Russ, I want to start over Harden last episode. But he wasn't doing a good enough job in the first half defensively. Second half, a lot better. He went to the sky for that deflection that ended up in a steal. And Russ's rotations are just much sharper than Harden. And the reason why I'm comparing those two is because they start alongside each other. Now, the Clippers were up by five, 99-94, when James Harden came in for Russ with 5.20 to go. But, and it just felt like the Clippers couldn't get a stop. At one point, they tried the offense-defense thing with Norm and P.J. Tucker. Norm playing offensive possessions, P.J. playing defensive possessions when they had a dead ball to make that switch. And Norm hit a three to put the Clippers up 102-98, but they just couldn't get enough stops. Jokic got the ball against guys like Kawhi, who cannot guard him, Paul George, who cannot guard him. And even when the Clippers doubled, you know how great Jokic is. He's going to make the right read. He's going to find the open man. And the Denver Nuggets at this point, they are so lockstep with him in terms of just knowing when to cut. The spacing, too. Aaron Gordon, I mean... You throw the ball at the rim, and if there's a guy that's not big enough to contest him, 
or athletic enough or the combination of both in the Clippers case after this trade we got even before this trade we didn't have anybody that athletic at the four spot but having Nico and Rocco that have seven foot wingspans that helps but right now when Jokic is getting doubled he knew like there was one play late in the game he just split the two defenders and threw it up at the rim he probably knew he didn't have a good chance of going in but he knows that if he just gets guys to jump and he takes two defenders out like that just getting it up to the rim Aaron Gordon's going to clean it up and Aaron Gordon in that dunker spot is just absolutely lethal as we saw last year in the playoffs so no zoo I think that was a huge mistake end of the game or just in the fourth quarter in general and then you had Kawhi Leonard, who just didn't have a good shooting game, didn't look like he was in a rhythm, legs looked heavy, every shot looked short, and at the end of the game, a lot of that over-dribbling, even had a possession against Reggie Jackson with under two minutes left where he could not do anything, was dribbling way too much, and got a shot clock violation. And then Paul George had a chance to tie the game with a three, and it was a wedgie, and the Clippers lost. And coming up, going to talk more about Kawhi, going to talk more about the specifics of the game and what we can do going forward, what the positives were coming up. I got to tell you a little something about eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host, the GOAT of Locked On Basketball, Josh Lloyd, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. This week, he's given us a couple of options, but I'm going to go with Kyle Lowry. Because Tyler Hero's out, the Heat, they don't remember, they don't have Gabe Vincent this season. So they're going to need some more guard play, and they're going to need better from their guards and more from their guards mainly. And in fantasy, you just want it's, you just want guys to get reps. You want guys to get shots. Because if you're doing a points league and you don't do field goal percentage, all that matters is if you get the stats. And Kyle Lowry, I think he'll be a double-double candidate a lot of nights, even at this age. So go with Kyle Lowry, in my opinion, out of Josh's picks. That's who I'd go with. And Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, just like your vehicle. If you have a personal experience about buying a part, for your car from eBay, mention it. What's your dream ride? What's your favorite memory of a car that you had an emotional attachment to? Do you remember when there was a time that you had to fix your car to keep it running? You didn't want to get a new car. You just loved your car so much that you wanted to fix it. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED highlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, back with the Clippers, losing 108 to 111, which makes 0 and 5 with James Harden. Six straight defeats. This one coming at the hands of the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray, who are still formidable, but man, the Clippers led 99 92. 
at one point of the fourth quarter when Kawhi had a turnaround jumper. And at that point, I thought the Clippers were going to win the game. I thought, man, inspired performance. Defensive intensity has been good. Done a good job on Jokic. Nuggets are getting sloppy, unforced turnovers. Remember, the Nuggets had more turnovers than the Clippers in this game. And that's one thing the Clippers did a decent job of in this game was taking care of the ball. 11 turnovers, I'll take that. Nuggets had 14 turnovers. And the Clippers also won the rebounding battle, believe it or not. Even despite their lack of size, they had 42 rebounds to the Nuggets, 36. And that's because the the Clippers had 14 offensive rebounds to the Nuggets, 6. And you can thank Terrence Mann and P.J. Tucker for those. The Clippers shot 43% in this game. The Nuggets shot 53%. But finally in the James Harden era, the Clippers shot the ball well from three. You needed it, wanted to see it, they did it. 45% from deep, 13 for 29. The Nuggets, 8 for 23, just 35%. And the Clippers shot 13 more times than Denver. But as I said, they shot 43% to the Nuggets, 53. So the efficiency really helped Denver there. They also got 8 more free throw attempts. Paul George said after the game that the Clippers were playing 5 on 8. You know, it's, it's funny he says that because I actually thought there were moments where the Clippers, despite Russ, you know, there were a couple of times he went to the basket and should have probably gotten a call. There was one time where Paul George got pushed in the back, probably should have gotten a call. But there were stretches where the Nuggets were getting a bad whistle too. So I think that's a really lame excuse, honestly, from Paul George, especially with the way he played. I don't think he needs to be saying all that five on eight. That's ridiculous. Uh, we had a seven-point lead with like six minutes left in the game. So I'm not really trying to hear it. Sorry, Podcast P. But Podcast P was the Clippers' best player. And if we're being real, he's been the Clippers' best player through 10 games. Clippers shot 87.5% from the line, 21 for 24. So that was good because that was one of the biggest reasons they lost to Memphis was they didn't shoot well from the line. Norman Powell, I'm looking at you, shot 4 for 5 from the line in this game, Norman. The Nuggets, 78% from the line, 25 for 32. But let's talk about Kawhi who I thought defensively was really good, got his hands active. One of his better defensive games of the season, in my opinion. When they were trying to lob it up over the top of him when we were, when we were in small ball, he got a couple of steals, deflections, had five steals in the game overall. But offensively, I think just being in the corner so much and having these quarters where he's just kind of really working hard defensively and then constantly sitting on ball screens not getting the ball as much in his post-up mid-post areas. I don't think this is his the making the best version of Kawhi Leonard. I really don't. You're asking too much of him defensively. You're not getting him the ball as much in his spots. And, and you know, one thing I noticed about Kawhi since the Clippers have brought him in is he oftentimes likes to get five or six shots in that first quarter. And, and he'll miss those first three. But then he'll start get go, getting things to go. Shot four, five, six. And then he starts getting in a rhythm. He gets himself into a rhythm because he takes high percentage shots. But with these two, three shot quarters, you know, he had seven shot attempts at halftime. It's tougher for him. And we're seeing that Kawhi is a rhythm player too. It's not. I said that it's not going to be a problem for him. He's going to just take good shots and get into rhythm. But I fear that he's working too hard to get those mid-range looks. And I'm not overreacting just because he played against Aaron Gordon, who's one of the best defenders in the league. It's been a couple games now since the trade, and Kawhi hasn't looked great. His lift is, I mean, even, it has never been great on his jumper. He's never been some crazy, bouncy guy on his jump shot. 
With the Clippers, obviously, it's deteriorated a bit. Last year, it looked a little bit lower than pre-injury, but still pretty decent. This year, it's looking even a little bit lower. Or like he's got less elevation. He's played 10 straight games, and I'm really proud of him for that. Like, he's played 10 straight. That's not a sarcastic comment either. I challenged him, you know, in the summer. I said, can Kawhi play 10 straight games? Well, he's done it to start the season, and I'm really happy he has. But some people were saying maybe he needs the load management. He doesn't look great. He doesn't look great offensively. So many shots short. His three ball was good, though. But if he's only hitting on catch-and-shoot shots, I'm a little concerned. Two for three from deep, but five for 14 overall. Three for four from the line, only 15 points. Two rebounds is not good either, especially with how much he's playing the five and the four. Two rebounds, two assists, three turnovers, which was tied with Russ for the most on the team. And he played 38 minutes, which is a lot. I'm a little bit concerned. I think he'll be okay. People have been saying, you know, reassuring me, you know, Kawhi always starts out a little slow. Last year he did because he was coming off a torn ACL. But in 2021, he didn't start slow. Maybe a little slower. But by game 10, he was fine. I hope we can still see that. How much do you think it's Kawhi maybe isn't the same Kawhi as last year before he got hurt? And how much do you think it's the James Harden trade? Not James Harden himself, but the James Harden trade. Because the thing is, when they all want to start together, there's only so many possessions in the game. And there is only one ball. So you have Harden handling the ball. You have Russ Westbrook handling the ball. You had Paul George, who shot over 10 more shots than any Clipper in this game. He shot 26 shots. The second highest number was Harden with 15, then Kawhi with 14, and Russ with 12. And honestly, Paul George shot 50% from the field. He had 35 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. 4 for 11 from 3, which is just okay. But he was 5 for 5 from the line. Overall, he shot 50%. 40 minutes is a lot, though. But Paul George, I mean, I wasn't too mad at him for being that aggressive. It's just, it feels like it's hard to get all four of these guys to play well on the same night. Especially with them all starting. So I am a little concerned about Kawhi. But I think he'll be fine. I just really am wondering how much is, of it is a lift thing. He's got two days off before Friday, which is great. And how much of it is a rhythm thing because of Harden's presence now. Because the one thing about Harden is the offense really does slow down when he comes in. And then how much is it about Kawhi guarding better players? You know, in this game, a lot of time against Aaron Gordon. That's a conversation. We're coming up, going to talk about the backup big problem and then the James Harden-Russell Westbrook dilemma and debate. Going to be chiming in on that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Ibotta. If you were watching the game, the Denver Nuggets had a little something on their jersey. And it was Ibotta. I'm not even kidding. They're literally sponsored by Ibotta this year. How does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Turkey is great, but we all know the best part of the dinner are the sides. With Ibotta, you can make sure you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and all the turkey while getting cash back. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, 
Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google App or Play Store and use code Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. All right, so to close out, let's talk about the backup big situation. We need one. No matter how well P.J. Tucker played in his 21 minutes, we need one. Go sign Wenyan Gabriel. I mean, he just got weighed by the Celtics. I think he'd be serviceable, and I think that's the best word to describe him, serviceable. If not, play Musa. We need to. It's just too small. Ty Lu needs to get over the small ball thing. We don't have the personnel to do it, especially without Nico and Rocco. But... One positive from this game is that this was the best the Clippers offense looked. The staggering worked pretty well. James Harden started cooking at the end of the first quarter. And, you know, you saw them go at Jokic a bit in the pick and roll, and it was a little successful. Um, Before the game started, Ty Lue said that James Harden was going to bring the ball up on all made baskets. And then on the misses, they were just going to, you know, whoever gets the rebound can push. And that was true in the first quarter, and then they went away from it in the second half. I thought Harden was good in the first quarter. I thought his defense was okay. He hit a mid-range pull-up. He got to the line, got to the basket. He had nine points in the first. There were moments, though, of a lot of ball pounding. That's the thing with Harden. Somebody replied under one of my tweets and said, why is he dribbling so much? I'm like, dude, this is who James Harden is. He takes a lot of time off the shot clock. He's going to slow down the pace. He's going to go tween cross, tween cross, tween cross. Lull your defender to sleep and then go. And finally in this game, one thing you'd love to see is he, he at long last in a Clipper uniform, got by guys. Like not just got the step, fully blew by them. There were two instances. One where he tied the game, I believe it was, late third quarter. And then the second time, late in the game, where he blew by Jokic on a switch and then blew the layup. That was very frustrating. But Kawhi Leonard was honestly a little bit more frustrating at the end of that game. He had the right elbow fall away miss where I was surprised that Ty drew that play up for Kawhi. I don't know why we didn't go to Paul. I know he missed that three at the end, but again, I mentioned it in earlier episodes, I want the ball in Paul George's hands towards the end of games. He's taller, more fluid, doesn't seem to get as gassed the end, and he's a better long-distance shooter. So if you're getting pushed away from the basket a little more, I'm taking Paul in that situation. And Paul has hit big, more game winners and clutch shots for the Clippers than Kawhi. I, off the top of my head, OKC the first year. Second year, can't think of anything the second year. Third year, I was at a game where he made a game-winning shot Actually, it was last year against Houston. Then there was an and one against Cleveland to tie the game. and give, It was either to tie the game or give us the lead with under 30 seconds left. So it was a span of about a week where he hit two game winners. Then there was that game-tying shot against Dallas at home. So off the top of my head, I can think of more game winners that Paul George made or, or t- game-tying shots than Kawhi for the Clips. Kawhi has the, the go-ahead one against Houston first year and then the one against Charlotte. If, you're, if I'm forgetting any others, please comment. But I want the ball in Paul's hands at the end. So I was disappointed with Kawhi there. 
Russ, again, I think it was a tale of two halves for him. The one thing I get worried about when it comes to Russ is when he starts out missing his first couple of shots, it almost feels as though he shoots more to try to like force himself to get into rhythm by seeing something drop. And then it affects other parts of his game. Like there was a moment in the game where he was getting into a Reggie who used to back him up in OKC all those years ago. But Reggie got the better of Russ in the first half. And, and Reg, you know, credit to him, this was a little bit of a revenge game for him, it seemed like. He was playing with a little bit of a different intensity. He even got a block against Zoo. He had, eight. remember, he's filling in for Jamal Murray starting. He had 18 points, three rebounds, and four assists. And on seven for 11 shooting and only shot one three. So, again, that's amazing for Reg. A little bit of the Jokic factor. And Reg even said a couple of weeks ago that, or maybe it was a week ago, that Jokic just makes everybody look better, including myself. So, something along those lines. The third quarter was the best one for the Clips. Looking at the box score, 32-24, to they won that one. I thought Terrence Mann, even though he was scoreless, and I don't, I don't like that. He needs to, a couple times they left him open at the top of the key. He needs to look at the basket and get some shots up. I know he's not shooting the three ball very well so far this season, but this is a guy who has shot 37% or higher the last three years from deep. He needs to let it fly. What do you guys think of the starting lineup? I'm sorry, the closing lineup. Russell Westbrook going to the bench, and I honestly, in the moment, I wasn't mad at it. Now, in hindsight, you could say maybe they should have gone with something different because we lost. But I always say the ball tends to find non-shooters at the end of games, and Russ wasn't having the best offensive game. He had eight points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, three turnovers. So one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, he shot 33%. The one thing I like, though, is that he didn't shoot many threes, only shot one, but he was missing a lot of layups. It just felt like a couple times he didn't get the same lift that he normally gets on those layups. Four for 12, that's not good. James Harden was shooting seven for 15. Three for eight from deep, four for four from the line, 21 points. The plus-minus, a lot of Westbrook fans are going to point at the plus-minus. He was a plus-one. He was the only starter in the plus James Harden was a minus three. Four-point difference in the plus-minus. I get the argument if you wanted Russ to stay in the game to close because his defense is better than a certain guy like a Norman Powell or a James Harden. But in this game, if you're Ty Lue, there's no way you, you play Russ over Harden to close. If anything, you play them both. But at the same time, Norman Powell's been really good the last two games, and he's very comfortable catching and shooting. And that's the one thing you're seeing from Ty Lue. He wants spacing and shooting. And one could argue that Paul George and Kawhi are best with that spacing and shooting. The thing with Harden is he only gives you one good quarter of defense, and he's not going to do those little things that Russ does. He's not going to fight for a rebound that gets you a loose ball foul that gives you another possession. He's not going to give a sharp rotation and take the ball away or force a jump ball. He's not going to do that. That's not who he is, but what he will give you is a step back three, although it didn't come in the clutch in this game, I will say. He didn't he didn't score after the first three quarters. So, hey, let me, let me know what you think. But the conversation of who should start between Russ and Harden is going to get louder. However, will a change be made? I don't know. Andrew Greif of the LA Times reported on Tuesday that Russ, there's no plans of him coming off the bench. Well, I could have told, I've told you that for months. So that's part of the reason I was against the trade. I just don't believe in the starting lineup. I think it's going to get better. I think the Clippers are going to win games. I have a feeling whether it's the Rockets game or the one against San Antonio, the, the losing streak will end in the next three games. They're going to start getting things going. My fear is, one, the roster is too small. They have to sign a backup big. Two, 
it's just not a great blend. No matter what, we can get we can out talent teams, but we're very far off the pace of what the goal is, and that's to win a championship. And we still look like we've gone backwards. Three, Kawhi needs to look better. And four, the starting lineup thing, it's going to get in the way. I think the Clippers are going to be okay. And when I say that, I I say that in the sense that I think they'll be in the playoffs, but they're going to have to make some moves at the deadline. They're going to have to make some moves before the deadline. Every game is just the pressure is mounting now. It's 3 and 7. You're 0 and 7. I'm sorry, 0 and 6 on the road. The Nuggets are 7 and 0 at home. So, just to give them their props. And by the way, Nikola Jokic, he didn't even have that great of a game and his stat line was still 32 points, 16 rebounds and 9 assists on 8 Here's the eight, the good part for the Clips. 8 for 23 shooting for him. Two for seven from deep, but he was 14 for 14 from the line. And to be honest, he could have gotten more free throws. Zoo got away with some fouls. Two two fouls in the first two minutes of the game, to be honest. Aaron Gordon was really the standout besides Jokic, though. 20 points, five boards, five dimes on eight for 12 shooting and one for two from three. Michael Porter was four for 11, so he didn't have a great shooting game. But you also had a really good contribution off the bench from Christian Brown. 10 points for him on 5 for 6 shooting. Gives you defense, gives you some athleticism if you're a Nuggets fan. But Terrence, besides the fact that he didn't score, he did all those little things. And he was getting a lot of praise from it in the commentary. Rebounds, four offensive rebounds in this game for Terrence. And then his decision-making in the short roll as a screener is awesome. I think we get really good stuff out of that. Those small, small pick-and-roll actions or like a wing wings you consider it small because it's a small set in the screen but it's basically like a paul george and Kawhi at the controls or a james harden and terrence setting the screen and rolling sometimes slipping that screen harden i mean i thought he played better he saw the glimpses of what how great he could be but not a good fourth quarter and his defense is not good westbrook missed too many layups just making two of those layups could have made a difference and he only played 24 minutes and he didn't close for the second straight game will that be a, a an issue going forward. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm nervous about these things. That's another reason why I didn't want the trade. Right now, it's looking like a disaster. But I will say this. The Clippers were 0-5 when they uh, got Russ. Totally different, though. They they weren't looking this bad. Although, this was the first good game. I'd say the Clippers looked good in three of the five games when they first got Russ. The Golden State one was garbage in Golden State. And then... The one against Minnesota wasn't very good either. I was at that game in the third row. You can catch a video of that on my channel, my personal channel. But this five-game losing streak, the only good game was this one, I think. And they still lost to a Nuggets team. By the way, just to compare, the Clippers, when they first got Russ, they lost to the Denver Nuggets that won the championship with Murray in overtime. This one, without Murray, still lost. So (laughs) I can't say it's as good as that 0-5 with Russ. They didn't look as good. Plus, if it's Zubats, who was playing better at that point, missed some games. And Kawhi missed the game at Sacramento where we lost by two points. So, different circumstances. But for everybody that said we were 0-5 with Russ, it's not a big deal. Well, now it's over. Now we're 0-5 with Harden to start. This game against Houston is going to be massive. And on the Thursday episode, I'm going to be talking about the preview of the Houston game. Actually, you know what? That's going to be the Friday episode be the preview of the Houston game on Thursday I'm going to go in more depth about the Harden Russ conversation with some numbers but in this game Russ had the better plus minus but Harden had the better game in my opinion you can disagree in the comments I know there's going to be Russ fans that disagree look it is what it is by the way I just want to give a shout out to all you guys 
the view count on the last episode was the all-time high for me as a host. Almost 10,000 views. I know these are tough times, but we're in it together. If there's anything that I do that helps you get through the day or, or cope with these things, just remember, try to find things in your life that you enjoy outside of this. At the end of the day, these guys are still making millions and millions, even with L's. You know, I'm not saying that they don't care, but the sad part is we have no control. So we got to look for things. We got to look for things to get us excited. And seeing all you guys support, I mean, it's not always easy to get on the microphone and talk when we lose, you know, especially five games in a row like this and a trade that I didn't want. But it honestly has become like a therapy for me to come talk to you about this. And, and I'm really passionate about this team. And I hope you can tell all the people on YouTube that watch, I wear a different Clipper playoff shirt every single night. Like My shirts are clean, man. I'm not reusing shirts. I have so many. So, I mean, you know what it is. This team is everything to me. And I'm disappointed about the way things are going. Paul George had a good game. Zubats had a better game. And before I forget, Zubats, nine points, 13 rebounds, seven of those offensive rebounds, and three assists. The only thing you'd like to see better from him, two for eight from the field. That's not good. 26 minutes, so not even that much, which is obviously a huge part of the reason why we lost. Let me know one pro, one con from this game, Clipper Nation. The age-old proverb continues, go Clippers.